0: January seventeenth, two thousand twenty-three. We're continuing in Masech Berachot, Randaf Yod Amud Bet, just four lines from the bottom at the Mishnah. Mishnah begins: Bet omrim ba'erev kol adam yate shen emar uvkumecha. Bet Shammai's opinion is that with regards to Kiryat Shema, when the Torah tells us how to say or when to say Kiryat Shema. It doesn't just describe Erev uh, and Bokir, evening for Kriyachimashil Arbit, and morning for Kriyachimashil Shahrit. The words in the Torah, which you and I might initially say are just poetic, says Bishoch Becha, as you lie down, Uv Kumecha, and as you stand up. And as a result, says Becha that's part and parcel of the fulfillment of this mitzvah. You need to, in the evening, be Mate, says Rashi, Altsido, you need to do it on your side leaning lying in some respect and then the morning you need to be standing that's the opinion of Beit Shemayi. Uh, emar disagrees and says every person is in whatever way is appropriate for them at that time, whether leaning or standing or sitting, morning or evening, um, irrespective of the specific circumstance and the way that you find yourself uh, situated, you say what's their proof text? The Pasuk furthermore describes as you're walking on your way. So these are Pesukim and Ve'ahavta, in the context of what we understand to be Kiryat shema, the mandate to say Kiryat shema. and whereas Beit Shammai point to a literal translation of Bishoch Bechav Kumecha, Beit Ilel expand and broaden the context and, and situation with those words, Does it pose now, any halachic issues by laying down and praying? Well, if you're lying down, uh, specifically, uh, you're, you're not supposed to say Berachot, or when you're directly lying on your back. If you turn to the side while you're lying down, uh, for example, some people will say if they're not sitting on the edge of their bed for they'll be lying for whatever reason, you have to at the very least to make certain that you're turned to the side. The Gemara sees it as an act uh, of haughtiness, having your, your body and your private part just facing up to the heaven instead of turning to the side. Otherwise, no. Being in your stomach is fine to say it? There's other issues in being on your stomach. You're not supposed to lie on your stomach in general in that respect. Um, so it's really, you're supposed to be leaning and turned to the side. Uh, so that's, uh, now, in terms of the Amida, you're supposed to specifically be standing up. This is with regards to Kiriat Shema. Uh, so now the Gemara questions. Betilel, uh, why do you and how do you explain those words? How do you interpret those words? Uh, it answers a little too literal, Bet It's a reference not to the physical. Um, um, way that your body should be uh, placed in that moment but rather to the time of the day it's somewhat poetic when you go to sleep when you're lying down meaning evening the when you're standing up meaning morning Rabbi Tarfon finishes this comment that this this issue by telling a short story Baba I was coming on the way I was traveling in some circumstance. I attempted to follow the opinion of Beit by, it sounds like, getting off of uh, the chariot or the, or the carriage or the horse that I was on and going to the side of the road and lying down. And as a result, what happened was I endangered my life. There were bandits who came along and almost killed me. Amru Lo, the rabbis responding to R. told him, You to a certain extent were, uh, this was coming to you. You were liable for death penalty. Because after all, you went against the opinion of Betileu. That's a fascinating final statement here in the Mishnah. Of course, we don't want to take it too literally that you followed the wrong opinion and as a result, you're liable to death penalty. But the concept seems to be as several of the Mifashim, even Rishonim point out Harambam and it's perusha Mishnayot, uh, The understanding of <clears throat> if Beti Leil are the established authority on Halacha, it's almost, almost tantamount to going against Betin Din Hagadol, uh, which of course could be liable to death penalty, Zakin Mamre. So it's almost like we're envisioning this situation as similar to that. They'll say you can't do it, or uh-huh. you just didn't say uh-huh. you should. So that's interesting. So Rabenu Yonah, in his commentary here to this Mishnah, goes like this. He says, Later on in Nun Gimal, the Gemara has a different Mahlok between Bet Shammai and Betilil. Over there, it's a question if you forgot to say Birkata HaMazon and you're in a different place, do you need to go back or not? Betilil are more lenient than Bet Shammai. Over there, suggests Rabbeinu Yonah, you could be stringent like Bet Shammai because even Betil will agree there's something positive about the opinion of of their I, And since there's something positive about their opinion, that's a humra, and Betilil would accept it as a humra, even though they don't maintain it. They say Lohitrihu, the, the hachamim didn't uh, make you do that, they didn't bother you and burden you. Over here, according to Betilil, it's it's a misinterpretation of the words. The humra is not a humra at all. Now that's first and foremost. So in terms of this situation, it's that Betilil can't understand even the opinion of Betchamay, as opposed to saying we understand that we just think it's unnecessary. Beyond that, there is a question, if you follow one of the opinions as opposed to the other, is it, so to speak, especially over here, as if you're not fulfilling the mitzvah of keriya that will come up at the last section of the Gemara. There's a very famous Tosafot in this context as well, and the Poskim discuss it. For example, the Gemara will liken it to, if you have a, uh, uh, there's a machlok in Masei Chitzuka, about when your table is inside the home. You're in the sukkah and the table's inside the home. Is that a kosher sukkah or not? Ultimately speaking, you're inside the sukkah, but your table's in the home. So there's a machloket. uh, What if we maintain, which we do, that the table needs to be inside the home, and you were in that situation to put in, in the sukkah, and you were in that situation to leave the table in your home and to be eating in the sukkah. You didn't fulfill the mitzvah even from the Torah or you just violated, so to speak, the gezerah of the hachamim. There is such a discussion, which is a very interesting one, talks about the strength of the of the, of the the rabbinic statements in these contexts, which is also somewhat relevant to this conversation as well. But the short answer to your question is, is Betilil going to tell you that Bet Shammai are wrong, per se? I and don't you, think you cannot, so. And you cannot? Hard to argue that. I mean, the story, but the, is implying the that. story does imply that, because in the eyes of Beti Lil, they don't understand It's still very harsh and strong. Okay, we'll we'll return to that sort of question and conversation in those lines in the Gemara. It says the Gemara now in the initial statement, it's understood the opinion of Amayu. They explain their opinion. They said is the operative word are the operative words. They tell you that you say in whatever situation you're in, however you're um, sitting or, or standing. They explained furthermore Bishokh as the time. During the day, they explained themselves, and they explained how they deal with why don't Shammai exceed, well, give in to the opinion of Betileel? After all, Betileel said, Shammai argue we can't see the words as designating, as denoting time periods. As opposed to actually the way you're supposed to be in terms of your body, because in Ken, if it were like the betilel nemakera, the pasuk should have instead said quite simply, as the Torah will, ba'bokeru in the morning and in the evening. My, why does the Torah wax poetic? Why does it say Bishok kumecha? The Torah is clearly implying something else. bishat shechiva mamash bishat kima the Torah is telling you not just at the time of but in the, in the way that your body is is set up as well that's what the Torah does by seemingly getting poetic poetic, say so why does it say it in that fashion? Bet you just uh, kind of glossed over those words we're reading them purposefully and understanding that it doesn't say u'babokin and in turn deriving this law says the Gemara, okay so now, Beit you resolved and you explained for us why for you needs to be a literal translation. But what about those words which, according to Hilil, we're broadening and expanding our understanding of what it means, how and when you say means this, meaning these words, when the Pasuk says, when you're walking on your way, I thought it's not when you're walking on your way, it's when you're lying, when you're leaning, when you're standing. lehu? What do they do with those words how do they utilize them they must learn something otherwise the words are a misleading and b superfluous they're unnecessary <laughs> those words are necessary for for the law that we learned in the following beraita the beraita is these very pesukim. those words when you're sitting in your home Perat means it excludes it excludes a situation where a person is already involved in performance of a mitzvah. The Mishnah Masechet Zukaan Daf talks about not only when you're actually involved in the mitzvah, but even when you're Shlochei mitzvah. So as Rashi over there, Holchim Lidvar Mitzvah, you're on your way to perform a mitzvah. There's an exemption from other mitzvot at that time. That's a startling statement. Now, of course, you need the proper kavana as you're preparing and involved in that mitzvah. The chidush, as if I recall, Haram Bam writes in his perusha mishnayot somewhere, the, in, in Perkei Avot, the chidush over here goes like this. It's that you would have perhaps said, I'm involved in this mitzvah, but look at that one, it's much greater, much grander. No. Haosek ba mitzvah, patu mena mitzvah, if you're involved in this mitzvah, irrespective of the value and the greatness that you may have attributed or ob- objectively we can say that's a greater mitzvah it's not so unless one banana, one uh-huh. ah, give me a second on that unless one's a mitzvah over <laughs> it if one's going to be a mitzvah that there if you're deciding which one to do, you do the mitzvah overit if the time would elapse. But if you're already involved in mitzvah and there's a mitzvah ovirit, even then you finish the mitzvah you're involved with. What if one's ha-Torah and one's midrabbanan? This is a question that's addressed by the Aharonim, and generally speaking um, the uh, the the consensus uh, of of several it's in the uh, back commentaries in Masachit Sukkah I know in, it's in Kove Te'arot and and several Hacham Vadya Yosef writes about this in his Ma'or Yisrael. Anyway, the consensus is that even when you're involved in a mitzvah banan, what's the rationale? Well, ultimately speaking, the Gemara over here will explain that it goes like this: that the fact that the pasuk says Techa, When you are sitting in your home, it comes to exclude someone who's not doing your own sitting and your own traveling But rather you're involved in in the work of God, Uh, even rabbinic work is envisioned as rabbinic work for the sake of God that in and of itself is significant to say, I'm not doing this on my own, I finish this and only then do another mitzvah. So says the Gemara again, what would Beit Shemayi do with these pesukim, Lichdetanya for the following beraita, beshivtecha b'vetecha perat le'osek ba mitzvah, u'belechtecha and then the pasuk as well says, and when you're walking on your way perat, this comes to exclude lehatan a groom. The Mishnah concludes, this Beraitah concludes, and it says, based on this earlier tanaic statement, uh, the rabbi is furthermore qualified that there's a distinction between a person who's involved with Koneset HaBetula, which means he's about to get married and have relations that night with a woman who's a virgin, as opposed to a woman. Who 's an almana translated not as a widow over here but a woman who's no longer a virgin what's the difference between if she has her virginity or not rashi's interpretation with regards to what we 're dealing with the gemara will use the words tirda in a moment there's something that's disturbing or difficult or distracting. What's the distraction for the hatan? The distraction for the hatan, Rashi says, is bi'ilat mitzvah. It's the first time relations with this woman, for this woman and as a result, that's a matter specifically when it's a first time that is disturbing and distracting and it's a mitzvah. Let's add as well. HaRambam in his perusha, Mishnayot in his Hilchot Shema suggests that the reason is because on the person's mind, especially once upon a time, is specifically: Is this woman actually a Betula or is she not, a, or is she a beula? And that had ramifications both socially, financially, and even in the relationship. And as a result, the person's mind is distracted. But effectively, then we have two pesukim or two four words in the pasuk: B'shivtecha, B'vetecha. We're excluding howosik Bamitsa. We're excluding um, Hatan, uh, who we're going to say in the Gemara is Tarud. Tosafot has a nosa in the Gemara, which flips this derasha. But that's what we have. Rashi points out that you couldn't derive Hatan. From haosek ba mitzvah, because hatan is not actively engaged in a mitzvah; he's not even walking to a mitzvah. Hatan is just in a state of being where his mind is distracted because of a mitzvah which he'll perform at the conclusion of the night. As a result, if there were just one reference, b'shivtecha vetecha, or just belechtecha I would say that's only for an actual osek ba mitzvah or Shali Ahl mitzvah. I wouldn't know a tarud ba mitzvah as well. Says the Gemara, my mashma. Uh, Now that we have this Beraitah and Bet Shammai defended themselves, could you explain to me where you heard that in these words? I kind of gave you the spoiler alert already, but the Gemara initially says, oh, where do you see in these words anything having to do with an uh, exclusion for haosek mitzvah, an exclusion for a tarud, someone who's distracted by the mitzvah. Amar of Papa ma derech reshut af kol reshut. Initially, Rav Papa suggests it's because the Pasuk says techa derech. And derech, his assumption is, reshut, it's not a mitzvah pathway. It's not I'm on my journey to a mitzvah. His assumption is it's on my own journey. And as a result, that's when I say Kiriyat I don't need to say Kiriyat and by extension, any other mitzvah when I'm on a journey to a mitzvah. As the Gemara who said the derech is when you weren't doing a mitzvah? How dare you? Are you underestimating God's vision of you and me? When God talks about maybe he's even referring to when we're doing a mitzvah. Maybe we're always immersed and involved in mitzvot. And nonetheless, the Torah says you need to say Kiriyat In other words, it's a fancy Way of responding, the word derech doesn't necessarily um imply a mitzvah. Rather, imken lichtov rachmana b'shevet u'belechet, may b'shiftecha u'belechtecha. The word b'shiftecha is, of course, a, it's a compound word. It's b'shevet shelcha in your sitting, belechtecha lechet shelcha in your walking. The your part. Underline the kha sofit part is the most necessary point for our Gemara. When are you obligated in kiriachima as the Pesukim over there are interpreting as When do you say kiryachima? Bevetecha, when you on your own are hanging out in your home, meaning not for a mitzvah. Ublechtecha, when else do you say When you are going for lechetidach, for your walks, for your things. Had the mitzvah, peturah, petirat. However, if you're involved with going to a mitzvah, if you're involved with sitting for whatever mitzvah you're involved with, you'd be patur from kiriyachema. Says the Gemara, okay, we accept, but we still have a question because now you're not fully understand. We are not fully understanding why you now are so narrow. You said that only koneset <laughs> is patur from keriachema. <coughs> why not? I feel koneset why don't you argue furthermore? You are about to perform a mitzvah when you're a woman who is no longer a virgin. Why do distinction? Mikana patur hayav. Why not even almana? Name means also. Hai answers the Gemara. This one meaning koneset tarid v'hai la tarid. Difference is, the distinction goes as follows. betulah, as we mentioned earlier, for one of two reasons. Rashi would say, First, Beilah Harambam would say because you're uncertain whether she's a virgin or not, but you're distracted in the situation. Alternatively, of an almana, there's less distraction. Oh, so you're telling me the whole issue is distraction in tarud? So what if your boat sank in the sea? What if you just lost a million dollars? There's beautiful situations. There's a silver lining for people. They're doing badly in business. At least I don't need to do any mitzvot. Uh, that's, that's inconceivable. It's, uh, that's not, maybe you'll say, yeah, indeed it's so. I don't know how we're going to objectify a loss, um, your boat sank, or whatever it is. Even but I'm thing. distracted. What's even that? Even a good thing. Even a good thing you're distracted by. That's right. Which, by the way, is the betula. That's a good thing. You're right. The gemara gives an example of a bad thing. By extension, it's a good thing. I'm so excited. I'm about to do a great business deal. Patu from Shema for the day, for the decade. What are you talking about? Uh, so maybe, maybe it's all. Maybe uh, everything we've assumed our whole lives was wrong. It's not so. Now, the Gemara, before reading it, will bring a proof. There's a few details in the proof. I'm going to tell you them outside, and then we'll read it inside. Basically, the Gemara's proof will go as follows. An avil, a person who's a mourner, even though a mourner is commanded in, in several um, laws, which bring about a certain despair and sorrow uh, through their actions, they're nonetheless not commanded to be distracted, they're not commanded to be sorrowful. They're supposed to show respect both to the person who passed away and be introspective. Those actions have a twofold nature. Haran makes this clear. Ram Nahmani even. My father loves to quote it from Rabbi Salvechik, has a full essay, uh, it's in the book uh, Out of the Whirlwind now, in which um, the laws of Avelut are purposed both for the person who passed away, as well as for the person who's living, for their way of of, of A, grieving, but B, really changing themselves. But nonetheless, there's no mitzvah per se to be um, distraught. And that being the case, the fact that an Avel is Hayav Bechol ha-mitzvot. Oh, that in and of itself is the proof that any distraction you are referring to, unless the distraction is explicitly for mitzvah, like koneset ha you're going to be obligated in Kiri shema and all the other mitzvot. There's one notable exception we're going to mention over here, and that's tefillin. Tefillin on day one of Avelut from them. we're going to have a dirasha for that Rashi will help us and he'll explain it's on the first day when you, the person we imagine is Mizulal, He's all uh, dirty with uh, whatever's going on he's sitting on the floor, close to the floor on the first day hasn't settled himself in uh, You don't work because you're feeling on that day until today if an aveu, generally speaking, the burials are early in the morning you know, or 10 o'clock or, or, or the, the funerals at 10 o'clock and burials afterwards the question from time to time, a person who is conscientious and doesn't know the halachas, is, can I go home and say, say, put on my tefillin? the answer is no, on day one we don't put on tefillin uh, that's specifically the law with regards to Avedut. Um So that's the exception. But the rest of the mitzvot, you're obligated in. So that's what we're going to read now in the Gemara. Alama, if you're to tell me that indeed when you're distracted, you're you're exempt uh, from all the mitzvot. Alama, amar bi'abba barzavda amarav. So then why did this statement go as follows? Avil amurot That in and of itself is the significant line. Now, while we're at it, we'll tell you his whole statement. tefilin, except for tefilin, again, on the first First day specifically after all tefillin are referred to as Peir. something that's a crown of sorts Yehezkel is told at the time of mourning for his wife um, that uh, you should mourn differently than others you should keep your pe'er on your head well, it seems to be and the rabbi's understanding is that's a reference to his tefillin and it's in contrast to the regular avil. The regular avil isn't wearing tefillin. Hatam explains the Gemara, tarid tirda de mitzvah, hacha, tarid tirda de reshut. In turn, the Gemara concludes, the difference goes as follows. When you're tarid, you're distracted for tirda de mitzvah, for a matter of mitzvah, like konesa tabetula, then you're exempt from the mitzvot, from keriya specifically over here. When you're tarid tirda de reshut, reshut, Means your own uh, volition, you decided to engage in this, then you'd be obligated, much as you are during Avelut, and in turn, Tave Asivinato Bayam. Concludes the Gemara Ubet Shamai, Baele Peratle Shlohemitza, Ubetilel Da, filu yekarek, concludes the Gemara Bechamai then learns Belechticha Baderech as a reference to Perat Lishnohe Mitzvah, this whole concept and statement that we had earlier. And Betilel alternatively say, Yeah, we agree to the Derasha. We just think that while you're reading it, you still see Belechet Belechticha means while you're walking, meaning not necessarily while you're lying down. Can and you give another up. example other than your wedding night that one would be exempt? Or on Tirdah? Yeah, or is That's what the, you're referring or is to is our Haosekwa mitzvah. The Haosekwa mitzvah, or is this the sole exception? This is, generally speaking, the only circumstance we refer to, um, and, and even this, Bisman Hazeh uh, makes clear, as we will see later in the Masechet with the story with regards to Rabban Gamliel, we don't say a hatan is exempt. Now, technically, a hatan is exempt, but we generally say, did you have kavanah yesterday? I'm sure you did. But you know, the regular hatan, did you have kavanah in the full respect yesterday? If you didn't have kavanah yesterday, you're telling me that you're not going to have it now. So that's, generally speaking, we do. Suggest to hatanim, nonetheless, to say Kiryat shema. There is a further more conversation about how sick. mitzvah, patur mitzvah. To what extent does that mean that I'm patur? Does it mean that it's potentially even asur? According to Ritva, uh, Ritva, one of Chachmeh Sefarad, you're forbidden to stop doing this mitzvah and perform another mitzvah. Would that apply even to Kiryat shema for hatan? Well, I just told you that Rabban Gamliel himself, his students caught him saying Kiriyachim on his wedding night, which is a fascinating thing in and of itself. They were there as students at his wedding night. Um, so, um, but um, regardless, uh, it seems as if it would only apply to Ha'osik, but Mitzvah were a bit less. I'm um, holding this account uh, of uh, you know the, this accountability of not doing it when it comes to Tirdah. But yeah, no, that is the uh, generally speaking, that's the standard case. I'm not. I, I don't really have another case where we would objectively talk about a tariq. You see, the Gemara in Daf in Masechet does talk about um, people who are um, traveling uh, for Sibur. But in that circumstance, it's easy to describe it as ba-mitzvah. They're dealing with raising funds or pidyon shivuyim. It's not per se. There is a machloket at the top of daf kafa vamudal fin whether we consider that tirda or not. Generally speaking, it's hard to separate and to say that that's actually tirda. They're ba-mitzvah. They're mitzvah. They're on their way to perform a mitzvah. It's not the distraction per se. It's their their, the longer action so you know that's that's the uh, the general interpretation is that's that's really the case we have okay says the gemara just a bit more uh, the gemara tells a brief story over here in, uh, uh, and 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 uh, we derive a certain understanding furthermore and depth of this with regards to or אמר Osin as we're well aware, say under all circumstances, irrespective of standing, leaning, sitting, lying, say קריית Uma'ase, it happened. Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah, together with Rabbi ishmael were sitting, maybe leaning, maybe even eating in one place. Rabbi ishmael was already leaning; he was already lying in some respect. But uh, his his colleague, Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah, was sitting up straight. Almost reminds us of uh, the Leil Seder of Maaseh. So on and so forth, right? Now it's on Kiriyachima, whereas then they stopped to say they're over here. Uh, Well, we're going to say Kiriyachima. He (laughs) thought Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar, who was standing straight, who was sitting straight, he now leaned over. (laughs) Vizakaf Rabbi Ishmael and Rabbi Ishmael pulled himself straight up. Amalo Lazar and Azariah, Rabbi Ishmael. Rabbi Lazar and Azariah, who now is leaning at the evening time for Kiriyachima. Unlike our Hagada, where it's the morning, right? Yishma'il My brother Yishma'il says, Rabbi azab and what's going on? I don't understand, you were just leaning, and now I'm leaning, and you're standing up? I'll give you an example of what this seems like to me. Here's the parable. What's this similar to? That I lay down, I leaned, and you picked yourself up? Mashal shomrim well, it's a similar to a person they walk up to them and say what a beautiful beard you have you have a beautiful grown in beard he says to them oh really you like my beard let me go get it cut off do you understand you were leaning down I followed your lead I leaned down so you picked yourself up it's almost as if I said I like your beard and you cut off your beard why would you do that because I was complimenting you by f- mimicking you, I was sitting up straight. You were le- le- you were leaning over. Now that I leaned over, You picked yourself up. You're standing up straight. answers be I'll explain to you why I did what I did. Number one, Ani I did like Betilel. you need to be long. unnecessary. You specifically followed Betchamah, Rabbi Laza Abnazayah, the Lord. But more than that explains Rabbi Ishmael. le'dorot. I'm nervous that the students will see if I'm leaning down and they'll in turn establish law for generations that the halakha, according to Rabbi Ishmael, is now questions the Gemara, why a double, double statement, Rabbi Ishmael? Rabbi Ishmael, you said you followed the opinion of Bet Why did you Furthermore, I'm nervous about the student Chalas, you didn't need to say that. What, was, what were you adding in that, that we can understand? My velo'od, why was it necessary to make a double statement with regards to why you sat up? V'chitema Beti Leel, it lehu matin. Perhaps you'll say, and indeed it's true. Betilel say, you don't need to be sitting up or lying down or anything. You could be doing anything. Maybe that'll be your claim and Abishmael was after a lying down. That was okay. That's specifically an only, and this comes to the question you were asking at the very beginning, uh, when you were leaning already, but over here, over here, since initially I was sitting up straight, and now I'd be leaning over or rather, you until now were sitting up straight and now you're leaning over, people will say, again, if I was lying down already and I say, but I'm with you, you followed me, from being straight and lying down. People look at that and say, ah, halachas like betcha, Shema, Since your action will be misleading to all the students who are watching us carefully. And they say, ooh, the halachas like, beti. if I was just lying down, they'd say, okay, Halachas like Beit The rabbi's not doing anything that's Beit If he was sitting up straight and then lay down, all right, that's Beit Now that you were together with me and you did that, people will say, she Now we can derive from this, The the rabbis of think that the halakha is like Bet Shammai. The fear then is that the students will make a mistake for establishing halakha for eternity as Beit Shammai as opposed to the proper opinion of Bet Hilil. To summarize what we did then in the Gemara today is we learned about the Mahloka Bet Shammai and Beit Ilel with regards to the proper posture, with regards to Kriyat of morning and evening. We saw the opinion of Rabbi Tarfon, or the story of Rabbi Tarfon, the statement, the strong statement, Kedai Hayita Lahov, uh, lahov Be'atzmecha. Then we saw in the Gemara how Bet Shammai would explain Be'lech Techa based on our Halacha of Ha'osek mitzvah Patum and We talked about Tirdad Mitzvah as well as opposed to Teredah Dereshut. We explained that Bet Shama, used the Pasuk then, specifically and only for that law, whereas Beit said, based on that as well, you can also understand, you read it in any, uh, within any posture, under any circumstance. And then we had this Veraitah with an interesting and necessary story with regards to Bishmael and Bil'Azar, wherein we understand that um, to be leaning down, according to the opinion of Beit Shama, is not a problem. It, it wouldn't be a problem even if it appears over here. Um, you were standing and then you leaned over afterwards. The only problem was that the students would see it, which is a fascinating point then, which brings us back to the initial question you asked. Was Rabbi Tarfon per se wrong in doing what he did? In other words, over here, the only issue was that the students will think that the halakha is like Bet Shammai. But not per se that the action was a bad action. B. Ismail should have said to Bil Azar, you're Hayav Mitah for doing that. That's why I did. Alternatively, what the Gemara is telling us is it is permitted to be mahmir, even like Bet over here. So how do you square that with the Rebitarfon statement in the Mishnah? In a circumstance, this is the suggestion of many, where it will be dangerous, that opinion of Bet which Betilil don't even give validity to with regards to it being an appropriate homra, is altogether inappropriate, and therefore, Bitarfon, Kedai hayita l'chov veatzmecha Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.